Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. We've got Washington County Commission Day today. In fact, uh, double the fun. We have uh, the old guy, Gil Onquist, the longtime commissioner, and the new guy, Adam Snow, the uh, well, I've been commissioner about uh, two weeks now, huh, Adam? Yeah, exactly two weeks today. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, we'll get to know Adam a little bit. We'll get some of Gil's philosophy on life, I think. And we're always good for that, right, Gil? Yes, good morning. <laughs> Thanks for coming on today. Uh, just real quickly, we want to send our condolences and thoughts and prayers to uh, Commissioner Victor Iverson. His family suffered a recent tragedy, and I don't want to get into any details. It's a private family matter, but uh, just uh, hopefully they know that our thoughts and prayers are with them. I know you guys have worked with Vic so, so closely, uh, especially a tender moment uh, of sadness there. We have, and in fact, everyone's rallied, not only friends and family and church members and the entire community, but uh, we as commissioners feel much like family Yeah, and have been able to let him know we're, we're behind him and his dear wife, Audrey. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, anything you want to add to that, Adam? Or? No, just uh, lots of thoughts and prayers, and, and obviously, like, like for everybody who goes through a tragedy like this, th- those continue... Uh, it seems like these things tend to come to an abrupt end after a funeral and, uh, you know, the, the support stops and that's when the pain yeah, <clears throat> becomes the most raw, the most acute. So, uh, for me and my family and encourage all to, to continue to support them for, for the, the tough weeks and, and months that are still to come. I know my, my brother, uh, lost <coughs> one of his daughters, uh, to a tragic accident and, uh, it was exactly that, Adam. I mean, that's well said. I mean, everybody rallies around and gathers around, and everybody's there. And then after like a week or two, everybody has to get back to life. And all of a sudden, you're left alone with your grief, and it's it's tough. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, again, our thoughts and prayers with Victor Iverson and Audrey and his family and as, as they uh, go through this. Uh, we wish them the best. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, the new commissioner. And we lost, a, gosh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like that long ago that Dean Conks was uh, right here in this studio. But uh, we lost him uh, tra- tragically to cancer not that long. Has it been a month, Gil, maybe a month and a um, half? Yeah, a month and a half. A month and a half since we lost Dean Cox. Uh, we'll uh, definitely definitely miss Dean. And I, I know Maureen is, is, uh, is, is soldiering on and doing a great job. But uh, uh, we have to keep moving. And uh, Adam Snow was sworn in two weeks ago, as you mentioned uh, today, uh, to be a county commissioner. And Adam, I think it would be a good opportunity right now before we talk about some of the issues and things. Uh, talk a little bit about you and your background. Tell us uh, where you grew up, where you're from, how you ended up where you are. Oh, boy. Uh, My favorite topic. I I just love talking about myself so much, like most people do. Uh, So I grew up, my my family's from here. Snow Canyon is named after my family. We've been here, uh, my, the first ancestors came in 1850, the rest came in 1861, and and we've been here ever since. Uh, I grew up split. uh, The summertime I spent here in southern Utah in St. George, working on our family farm, uh, hauling hay and moving cows, and, and had a wonderful life. My... My school years I spent in southern Arizona, uh, okay. and then and then as soon as school got out, I spent four months up here until school started again. Now, I want to stop uh, you for a second. You spent summers in St. George? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's coming like from opposite. southern Arizona, so it's not like I was really escaping the heat. Yeah, that was hot stuff. Okay, yeah. and you're out there working in it, huh? Yes. I, there's no there's no greater feeling than alfalfa buds down your shirt in the, on a sweaty July day. So, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah, so working on the farm with my family, and then uh, I, I, I served a mission in Paris, France, and Oh. And came back, uh, finished my undergraduate degree, and then in uh, at the University of Arizona. Then I went to grad school uh, in California. And as soon as we were done, my wife and I said, we've, we've got to get back home. So we moved back to St. George, and and uh, this is where we wanted to live and grow our business and, and grow our family. So I've been here ever since, and, uh, and I've, I've worked in venture capital. I've always been in the private sector, investments, a small business owner. Um, I... I, I Mostly investments in the tech world and in economic development. I ran the Southern Utah Angel Investors for for many years and uh, and worked closely. I teach at Dixie State entrepreneurial finance, so I've 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 been involved in in a lot of things here. And then uh, several years ago, Congressman Stewart. I've worked on multiple campaigns. I've always been interested in politics. I'd never had any government jobs, but uh, Congressman Stewart had just been elected for his first term. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, through kind of a roundabout way, I, I came in contact with his chief of staff who asked if I'd help on his campaign. I ended up running the campaign for the southern half of the district Wow! Uh, for a couple of terms. With no political experience really before that. Nope, just to, just helping on some campaigns before that, yeah. Hmm. And, wow. uh, and so I, I helped down here, and then we, uh, I ended up, uh, there was a, his director retired and I, he asked me if I'd come help him work some legislation. And I said, well, sure. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time. And it ended up being five and a half years, uh, working with him. And then when commissioner Cox decided he needed to step down for his health, he, he approached me and, and asked if, if I would consider running. And, and I can tell you, I'm, I'm thrilled to be on the commission. I'm, I'm thrilled to serve the, the residents of Southern Utah and Washington County. Uh, this is not the way I wanted to ever get into office. I had yeah. no, I had no design in my mind to to ever run for the county commission, and certainly not this way. Um, but because of my experience through Congressman Stewart and and the, many of the issues that I've been working on there, we th- this was a very uh, seamless transition on a lot of the major issues facing Washington County. And so I've worked on them already, and I thought, yes, I think I can be an asset to Washington County. So I'll. I'll step in and serve for a while and, and see if I can help move the move the needle. Very right, cool. Now, you're married? I am. What's your wife's name? Joanna. Joanna. Hi, Joanna. She's probably listening. Uh, kids? Three kids. Three kids. Okay. Yep, three little kids. Little? Oh, how little? Uh, all under 11. Wow. 11, 8, and okay. 11, 9, and 6. Very cool. Uh, do they know what dad does now? Do they have any concept of what you do? They know what the title is. I'm still <laughs> not sure they know what it is I do, but then that makes a few of us. So, we had uh, Gil was on last month. We had a good conversation about uh, the duties, about the things that you do, about the, th- the many things that Dean did, and, and some of the things that you had to jump in basically with both feet moving as fast as you can to try to keep up with what what Dean had started. How has the transition been for you? Has it been, oh, and before I, before I ask that question, you mentioned Chris Stewart, you worked on his campaign. Chris is actually going to call into this program in about 14 minutes. Okay. Uh, and he mostly wanted to talk about Afghanistan. He made, he sent me an email yesterday, pretty strongly worded email about uh, the leadership of this country and what's happened in Afghanistan. So we're going to talk with Chris for just a couple of minutes, kind of in the middle of our county commission show. But I thought it was kind of cool that you actually worked with Chris 
and now he's going to be on the show. That's a, a, a weird coincidence. But back to the transition. Tell us about uh, your taking of the job. Did, did you get in and you sit down and go, wait, I got to do all this? Or, or was it was it not that overwhelming? Yeah, so that's a good good question, Andy. So, you know, when I was uh, talking to all the delegates and, and the, the electors in the special election that we held in July, uh, I would go through the list of the issues that I know well and that I've worked on for a long time now. Um, and some of them would say, well, wow, it seems like you know everything. I said, no, I'm not trying to say that at all. There's a lot of things I don't know anything about that I know that the can- county handles. I don't know anything about mosquito abatement other than you're supposed to dry up standing water. I don't know a whole lot about noxious weed control, but the county handles that. What were two of the boards that uh, Commissioner Iverson and Commissioner Almquist gave me? Mosquito abatement and noxious weed control. So uh, (laughs) the best way to describe uh, the last two weeks is if you have you ever truly tried to drink from a fire hose? Uh, No. Yeah. It's garden hose, but not a fire. hose. Not recommended. (laughs) It's a lot of information. The county handles so much more than anybody realizes. And I have attended over twelve hundred county commission meetings uh, over the last five and a half years uh, working for Congressman Stewart. So I, I'm pretty familiar, but it's still the details of, of how this massive uh, you know, population of over 6 million visitors a year and just under 200,000 residents actually gets things, the, the services that are provided to them. So I'm, I'm doing the best to keep my, my head above water, and, and luckily mm-hmm. the other commissioners are very helpful, and we've got great staff that are, that are helping me keep, keep straight on this. Thoughts, Gil? You know, I knew from the beginning, because my association with Adam, that he would actually know which keys went into a lot of the locks and, mm-hmm. you know, which ladders to climb and how fast and which direction and all of those things. So it has been a great transition. We were driving up to Salt Lake to review a, the jail, the new jail up there, because we want to make some changes to ours. And I was driving and Adam was in the back seat and... I mentioned something, and Adam was right on the phone to somebody he had on speed dial to answer a question of what we were dealing with. And so, you know, that's the kind of person we really needed and who knew the relationships already and built them up for things that would help our county. So Adam's awesome. Adam, let me ask you, and I'll ask maybe get Gil's thoughts on this as well. Um, do you bring, what, or what do you bring, what uniqueness do you bring, what things did you already know about that were really, you were really good at that, that you were able to maybe offer some expertise that, were, that wasn't there before uh, to the county commission? Yeah, the, some of the, the big issues that the county faces, I, I think water, most people would agree, water is our, is our number one issue facing mm-hmm. the county. And I have worked uh, with the commission and with the Water Conservancy District uh, from the federal side in uh, on many of the water issues for for a long time now uh the forest service for the development and protection of some of our our water resources on the national forest up on pine valley and in other places so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable there zion national park is our largest economic driver and uh, and i've worked with with the park service uh for years extensively and and helped form a, a stakeholder group um to help them solve some of the problems that they're having that that will improve the the visitor experience and and not uh, not force them to to shut the front gate of the park, which would really injure uh, Washington County. And so, uh, those are two of the biggest ones. There's there's numerous others that that I've I can step into those. When I have those meetings, I feel very comfortable because I'm those I'm, I'm well versed in. Uh, again, mosquito abatement. I have to learn a lot. <laughs> well, I happen to love mosquito abatement and weed control. <laughs> it's 
It's really boots on the ground for those folks, and they do a good job that most people don't understand how well, valuable that is. And your background, Gil, was, yeah, was landscaping. landscaping, so this is yeah. a little bit up your area, so you maybe can offer some insight, huh? Yeah, and believe me, we work together, and all three of us share information if we know something that maybe somebody else asks a question about. But I, I do want to emphasize something. You asked, you know, well, what background do you have? Both Adam and I were in private sector business. Mm-hmm. Uh, He has some political background, obviously, working for Congressman Stewart. Uh, Victor worked for Senator Mike Lee. I was on the city council. We've all been labeled as career politicians, but um, I want to say, excuse me. Yeah, that's (laughs) not true. 35 years of landscaping every day, every day, even in the summer, and Adam's background on the private sector and teaching, and Victor with his family and construction. You know, we understand a lot more, and we're not career politicians we are definitely using our expertise to help move things along as adam said and and do it in the right way with the citizen support is is the nature of the job as a commissioner it it's unique in washington county because almost every politician so to speak uh, is a part-time job it's it's a it's you know I, I i go to meetings when i can i do what you know at nighttime and evening and weekends uh, but county commission is a little different. You guys are, are full-time county commissioners. How does that change the way you approach it? Well, there's no law against having a business on the side, even if you're a commissioner or expanding. But what people don't understand is that it really is demanding of your time, and you can't serve two masters very well. So right. uh, being a commissioner full-time, that is different from other councils, city councils, or even mayors. And it does entail quite a bit of activity on the federal side, on the state side, and on the local side, which makes it unique and time-consuming. Adam, thoughts? Yeah, if you're going to do it right, it it takes a a dedicated focus. Uh, You could probably get by. If if you wanted to be more of a cheerleader and just, hey, I'm here, you know, let's go to ribbon cutting and yeah. we'll hold some meetings. But if you actually want to move the ball down the field for the, the residents of Washington County, it takes a dedicated focus from probably more than three, but at least at least from three people and, and our staff and all the good people that work in the county to, to really push. Uh, you know, I mean, this county is owned 66 percent by the by the federal government that that limits and ties our hands in a lot of ways, and you, you can't just sit back and kind of cruise through this if you actually want to be a, a true servant of the people. By the way, if you're trying to endear yourself to me by using a football analogy, I like it. I okay. know. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> Talking with Adam Snow, County Commissioner, uh, now two weeks in, and the old veteran, Gil Omquist. How long have you been a commissioner now, Gil? Well, if almost three years is a veteran, then I'll you're take it. <laughs> yeah, you're a veteran. Yeah. Yep. You look good in a white shirt and tie, too. I, I, I don't know what you wore while you were landscaping, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't that. You're right. No, I had a, a tuxedo and tails. Best-dressed landscaper ever. Yes. <laughs> For sure. All right, let's, uh, let's take a phone call. Seth is holding on. We're talking with uh, Adam Snow, Gil Almquist. What's up, Seth? Yes, let's move the ball down the field. And yes. Like it in the end zone. Let's dribble a little bit and let's shoot some baskets, okay? Uh-oh, you're mixing sports now, Seth. You're losing me. Uh, how about a hockey puck? Uh, that, then I'm gone. I'm done. Mm-hmm, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to ask the commissioners, especially Adam, uh, 
um, who would be the uh, only elected uh, law enforcement agent in the county? The sheriff. That'd be the sheriff, yes. And Seth, we have not talked in years. You used to call me every week. It's good to hear your voice again. Yes, indeed. Um, and I miss Gary a lot, too. Well, that hurts. I, I, I miss talking to you. You brought up Gary. Now I'm hurt, yeah. Seth. <laughs> so, I- anyway, the sheriff is the only elected uh, law enforcement person, and I've talked with Gil and, and the other commissioner and uh, did a presentation with Marshmallows one day. and. Yep. <laughs> and what I found out about the marshmallow business is when you push on government over here, it bulges out over there and nothing changes. And in that presentation, I mentioned a little bit about $27 million up for grabs is what the city uh, is spending and in many cases duplicating uh, the roles and the efforts and everything else and the training where we could might maybe combine the whole thing into a uh, um, the sheriff being the chief uh, law enforcement officer and put it under his department in the county and you know make a unified police force like they have in many other cities around. And I just wondered what your opinion about maybe saving some money, maybe half of that. And let's uh, lower our taxes and, and streamline government and, and not continually adding to our tax burden, Good. having to duplicate services. Good question, thought. Uh, Seth, do you have any thoughts, Adam or Gil, on uh, a unified police department? Is that a reality even? Is it possible? Where it's been accomplished has been a joint effort between agencies that felt like their boundaries were close enough to mm-hmm. justify it. They haven't, in the Unified District in Salt Lake, shown the savings that they had hoped for. Okay. What, what did happen was they saved in administrative costs, but felt, sadly, that so many of the in-depth neighborhood patrols and things like that, which occurred before, were now stretching out. And so they ended up having to come back and increase, uh, well, rather decrease response times. So that meant more personnel and more vehicles. You know, Seth is right. It does work, but it the proof is still in the pudding as to whether it saves money. I noticed there are some cities up north now who are, are actually peeling away from that you know they it used to be the upd was was huge all yeah. over the whole salt lake county now some of the newer communities and even some of the older communities are saying eh, we don't want that anymore yeah cottonwood heights for example it it seems like it's all mayberry rfd as far as i'm concerned where you have the sheriff is known by everybody in the town or the policeman standing on the corner says hello every morning right uh, they were losing some of that yeah and so therefore it's it's nice when you live in a city of Sandy and it says Sandy Police on the door. It, it connects you back to the people. Well, and I think there's, a, there's an aspect as well, Seth, that uh, in, in addition, it's a delicate balance trying to, to find the, that happy medium between cost savings of, of tax burden, right, which we always want to try and minimize uh, the tax burden on the, on the residents, but also that the government, in this case law enforcement, that is closest to the people is the one that's most responsive. The larger the agency, the less responsive it's going to become, which is what the, the, some of the northern communities have, have discovered. And so when you can have a, a municipal police force just for that city, that is going to be 
most responsive to the the residents of that city rather than a larger force that covers a larger area. You know, my my wife worked for uh, Washington City as a court clerk for many years, 20-something years, as a matter of fact. And they, at one point, were, they had their own police force. Then they got absorbed into Washington County sheriffs, and then they went back to, now they have their own police force. Uh, They discovered exactly what you guys are talking about, that response time goes down. Uh, Things don't always go the way you want them to go when you have a unified police department. We do have uh, Krista. Uh, this is interesting. Krista, thank you for calling today. Good to talk to you. Good to be with you. I've got uh, county commissioners on today, Gil Almquist, and a guy you probably know pretty well, Adam Snow. He's a new commissioner here in Washington County. He's he's here in the studio with me as well. Well, two of my best friends and two great heroes. I really mean that. It's an honor to serve with people such as them. Uh, speaking of serving, I, I made a big deal of it yesterday during the show, and I was hoping to get you on. We got you today, though. Uh, your very strongly worded uh, press release and email that you sent out asking for the resignation of uh, or calling for the resignation of of uh, Austin and Miley and just uh, the the fiasco that is uh, that is going on in Afghanistan right now, Chris. Well, it's heartbreaking. I mm-hmm. mean, it breaks my heart to watch this as a, as a former military guy, as a guy who has had a, a number of my family and friends who have sacrificed enormously to be there to watch this fiasco is not a strong enough word. And how in the world could anyone ever trust Austin or Miley again? And including some of our intelligence agencies had. How could they botch this so badly? And by the way, I think if they wouldn't have been nearly spending so much time on wokeness, on, um, you know, General Miley, for heaven's sakes, goes on about how the great threat facing our country is climate change and white supremacy and white rage when they should have been focused on what they are supposed to do, and that is implementing military strategy, military policy, a simple thing like withdrawing our troops there in a way that doesn't endanger Americans and American soldiers and our allies, it's inexcusable. It, it seems like now, 15 years later, that the whole Afghanistan experience was, was a failure. I, I, too, have friends and family members who served in Afghanistan. They came back scarred both physically and emotionally and mentally, throw in there as well. Uh, and they're angry right now, Chris. They're, they're angry at what's going on. Well, they should be, and there's understandable reasons why they should feel that way. And, you know, I have come 180 degrees on this. My thinking on this has changed dramatically. As Again, as a former Air Force pilot, I, of course, supported the invasion in Iraq. I supported the, our efforts in Afghanistan, which was at the time to destroy al-Qaeda. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the right policy. And, by the way, after that, I thought, yeah, we probably need to maintain a force there in order to secure and to stabilize these two countries. But over the last four to five years, as I've seen more and more information, as I sit on the Intelligence uh, Committee and we get updates on this regularly, and you see Taliban was gaining more and more strength, and you have to ask yourself why. We spent $2 trillion. We've been there for 21 years, more than 2,000 deaths, more than 20,000 injuries, and you have to ask yourself, why is the Taliban gaining more power every year, virtually every year? And you begin to realize that the thing we're fighting for is impossible to accomplish. And by the way, Andy, for those who go and say, hey, well, this is evidence that we should have stayed there. That's absurd. This is evidence that the mission could never have been accomplished. 
for heaven's sake, Kabul was lost in 90 hours. After all that money and that time and that effort, we couldn't create a fighting force that could land for, last for 90 hours? Yeah. This is evidence that we should leave, that we should have left before. The Afghans have to be responsible for their own future. We can't compel this on them. But we could have withdrawn in an orderly fashion. I have talked with the previous administration. I know what the President Trump's goals were, and he would not have allowed this to happen. This is a catastrophe for the Biden administration. They will never live it down. That that brings me to, to my next question, Chris. Is it uh, incompetence? Is it lack of conscience? Conscious? Uh, is it is it evil? I mean, why why was it handled so poorly? It's severe incompetence. Mm. It is, it is sticking to a political agenda despite the evidence. And by the way, there was plenty of, those, plenty of people who were warning that this could happen. It wasn't a unanimous verdict that said, like General Milley said, I don't know, we're able to, we're able to, to do this successfully. There were others who warned about this. But let me, let me contrast it with what President Trump would have done. And I know this because of conversations we've had with the, with the White House and leadership in the White House. The first thing he said was, we will withdraw soldiers, I'm sorry, civilians and our allies first. The very last to leave will be our soldiers. And Biden did it exactly the opposite. He pulled our soldiers out, and then he has to put them back in in order to, to evacuate the civilians and the U.S. personnel. The wow. second thing is there will be severe deterrence. And he told the Taliban leaders, he said, I will hold you personally responsible, i.e. Soleimani in, in Iran and, and, and other leaders that they have targeted and they have destroyed. And he told them, I will hold you personally responsible. There was severe deterrence to President Trump's plan. I mean, there were other things. Well, for example, he said, we will not leave a single piece of military equipment. We will not leave a single hmm. piece of intelligence behind for them. And he was adamant on that. We will not do that. And this administration is leaving these guys with hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equipment. The contrast between what Trump was going to do and what this administration has done is as stark as night and day. Major, major screw up, certainly, by the, by the leadership of our country in, in trying to get this. Can it be fixed? Can we do anything about it now, Chris? Well, I mean, what do you mean by fixed, I guess, is the question. Because, yeah. you know, once this thing is blown up, it's hard to put the pieces back together. Now there are things we can do, and, and hopefully we will do now, but it's still a catastrophe. Number one is you've obviously got to get in and protect American, American personnel there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's still hundreds per, uh, hundreds per probably thousands of Americans still in Kabul at this point. The second thing is you've got to protect those people who sacrificed to work with us. I'm talking the interpreters. I'm talking the soldiers that we trained and even people who just contracted to provide food or, or you know, uh, work, work on our vehicles. Those guys are all in danger. That has to be our second priority. It has to be the immediate priority. And by the way, you know, one of the things I'm working on this morning, I want to go to that C-17 air crew out of Dover, and I want to thank those guys who put those 700 Afghanis on that aircraft. They didn't know if they were overloaded, if they'd be able to take off. And they just said, we're going to take them. We're going to get them out of the country. Those guys were heroes, and they need to be recognized for the courage that they displayed and the judgment that they displayed saying, this is a priority. Save these lives. 
Yeah, so much attention was uh, focused on what was happening outside that aircraft. I don't know if, any, if our listeners out there saw the picture inside the aircraft. I mean, they were literally packed in like sardines and, and how that thing got off the air. Well, you're a pilot, Chris. You probably know better than me, but it, it didn't seem like I, – I, maybe that thing's used to hauling tanks and so it had plenty of room or plenty of uh, power, but I don't know. That seemed dangerous. Well, it's more than they've ever hauled before. Wow. I mean, they'd never they never hauled any any number of people like that before. And like I say, the pilots didn't know if they'd have the cars to take off. And by the way, the pilots were told they had up to 800 people on board. Wow. And yet they still they still went. Uh, and, I mean, I trust their judgment on that. They know that aircraft. They know the capabilities. And they made a professional judgment. And good for them. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I'm working with our staff to get a hold of those to thank those guys for that. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, well, Chris, uh, we're you know uh, here we're sitting here in St. George, Utah, and I actually had a couple of people ask me yesterday after my show said, "Well, why did you talk so much about Afghanistan? What does that have to do with me?" And and at first of all, I was a little surprised because it, it I mean, it, it's America, and what's happening is a, is a travesty, and the blame falls squarely on America's shoulders. But uh, maybe Chris, if you can help people understand why this is important, I mean, intelligence is on the line, lives are on the line. And this is huge. Well, it is huge. And how, I, honestly, I, I can't understand how anyone could look at this and go, I'm, I don't care. I mean, these were our allies. These were people who sacrificed to protect American soldiers for 20 years. And you don't care about them? Yeah. And you're okay with just leaving them there? Of course people should be upset with this. Of course they should hold the administration responsible for it. And brought more broadly, and this is very, very important, is there's two issues in, in Afghanistan. There's Afghanistan tribes, and there's the United States. You've got Russia, you've got Iran, you've got uh, Tajikistan, and you've got Pakistan. None of those matter. Everything is judged by two things, tribal interest and the U.S. And for the U.S. to fail like this, you don't think the world notices? Mm-hmm. And by the way, let's use an example. What do you think Chinese leadership is doing and evaluating this when they say, hey, Maybe it's a good time to take Taiwan, because look at the U.S. leadership here. And is this someone that we're afraid of? I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why this should be concerning to people. Well said. Chris, I know you got to go. I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today, though. Always enlightening. And keep fighting the good fight. Well, and I hope I don't sound too emotional on this, but this is important. And like I said, this is heartbreaking for us to see. And, And I'll conclude, people should be held responsible. Who's going to ever listen to these military leaders, and why should the president listen to them? And frankly, why should we listen to the president on these issues now? But anyway, thanks for being. Thanks for letting me be with you. I appreciate you. It's been a pleasure, Chris Stewart, U.S. Congressman. Thanks, Chris. Bye bye. Are you good at what you do? Let everyone know by, by becoming, becoming AG approved on KDXU. Text Andy today at four three five four six seven five eight four two. Welcome back. Thanks again to Chris Stewart for being on the show. And thanks to these two guys, Gil Almquist and Adam Snow, for being patient while I talked with the congressman for Absolutely. a couple of minutes. I like what he said about you. Two, two of my heroes. That's pretty cool, guys. Uh, That's not there. every day you get somebody to say that. That's good. <laughs> Especially someone of, uh, of uh, Chris's magnitude. Uh, let's see. Got to, We're going to take some phone calls, 673-5890, if you want to talk with Adam or Gil. Uh, got a text. Uh, Adam was right on that the government closest to the people governs best. We need to know our police chief personally. I like that. I wish there was a little more, well, more Mayberry, you know. And let me stress, and this is really Adam's show, but let me just say this quickly. 
if there was a way to say that you had a an area that with a unified police force with the sheriff and yet not officially designated as such by contract or agreement, mm-hmm. it's here. No, oh, that's cool. You know, our sheriff, our police chiefs, their officers, our deputies, everybody here thinks alike. And when that comes to responding, we cross city lines regularly to help out. And if there's a backup from a police, Hurricane police, for example, to a sheriff call somewhere, there's no hesitation to respond. And if there's any place in the entire state, maybe in the western United States, that acts more unified, I'd like to see it than what we do here in Washington County. Let me summarize it by saying it this way. It's unified with a lowercase u and not an uppercase u, but it is unified. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Now, you guys had a meeting, uh, it's been, uh, what, about two weeks ago now. Uh, talked a lot about liberty in that meeting. Why was that important? Why was that the central theme? I'll let Adam start. Uh, <clears throat> well, you know, I'd, I'd been sworn in for, what, three minutes at that time? Uh, so it was... <laughs> you were was, a little uh, bit starstruck at the moment, maybe? Yeah, my first <laughs> resolution. Uh you know, and I, I take it when you've t- attended as many meetings, I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, over 1,200 commission meetings over the years. It's a little bit like sitting in church or other meetings where you hear the same thing going on. He's like, I could do that until you have to stand up and actually do it. And you go, oh, my goodness. Uh, how do you? <laughs> I have to what's conduct. The, what's have, the wording again? What do I say here? I have to operate the little thing that raises and lowers the podium. There's a lot of pressure there. Yeah, I've done that. that. <laughs> I do that right now, and that's my most fun job. I'm. It's, it's awesome. Uh, you know, we... I, just since winning the election, the, the special election, uh, even in those weeks, I received a lot of phone calls as, as the Delta variant was spreading and people mm-hmm. were becoming more concerned about what, what uh, the economy and, and the future schools and everything were going to look like moving forward. Um, the state was having discussions. Uh, I know the Commissioner Almquist and Commissioner Iverson received a, a ton of phone calls and, and emails and people that had the same concerns. And, uh, and we just felt like we needed to get out ahead of that and let people know what what our position was as the county and what we were expecting to do moving forward so they would have some certainty of uh you know to, to clear up some of the confusion of what what the county was going to do and and the you can read the resolution but the point was that look everybody has the full suite of tools in the toolbox right now you can choose to get vaccinated you can choose not to uh we we know the ramifications we you, everybody can read the data but is it the proper role of government to to force another economic shutdown, knowing what we now know about the 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 virus and 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 what it does to people and and schools and and all of the other issues that surround rather than just masks and just vaccines, uh, and and while we're not the school board, we we felt like we needed to to get out there ahead of this and say the county is not going to mandate that you do anything. We're not going to mandate uh, your healthcare decision. You should. Talk to your doctors. You should you should be uh, you should be considerate of your own health situation, and then make the best decision that's for you, and and leave that personal liberty up up to you rather than mandate what we think you should be doing. Liberty for all. Anything to add, Gil? Well, and we get it from both sides. We get those that say, "Oh, lock it down. Everybody demand that they get vaccinated. Demand mm-hmm. that they." Wear a mask, do this, do this. That's what government is for. And then we get it on the other side that says, government, leave us alone. We'll make our decisions. And, you know, we try to strike a balance in between somewhere, but the vast majority of our communities here in southern Utah are the latter, saying we'll make wise decisions, just as Adam said, 
And we want to back them up in whatever way we can, including backing up the nurses, the doctors, those who say, let's be a little more careful here. Don't cause some mayhem that will impact the overall community health. And where we strike a balance is to simply say, that's not necessarily government's role to interfere in the lives of people. And we, we did talk to the to Dr. Blodgett and to others. Right. Uh, we didn't just run into that without without other consideration first. And, and with their blessing and with, with their recommendation, we move forward. It's nice to have experts, for sure. When, when, you know, when you go over things like that, uh, even just you go to your sheriff. I need an expert on law enforcement. Or you go to right. Dr. Blodgett. I need an expert on, on health care, public health care. And uh, that, that's really nice to have. It's funny, as you were talking about, you're getting it from both sides. I, I was thinking just in my family, just, you know, my kids and my, maybe my extended family, siblings and stuff, we have every extreme. You know, the, um, you know, the one guy, I will not, never take the vaccine ever. You, you had to drag me kicking and screaming. Then other people, why won't every, everyone should take it. It should be a law. We, we should do it. Uh, it's th- this issue is more divisive than any issue I've ever been around in, in my lifetime, guys. So true. Yeah. All right. I've got to get a 90 second break in. We're going to continue. We'll take some phone calls, 673-5890. Text 435-467-5842 if you want to be a part of the show. I'll get this commercial break in, and we'll come back and continue with Adam and Gil. Last 10 minutes. Let's talk about Joe Shoney for a minute. He's a loan consultant, been serving Southern Utah for more than two and a half decades, and his specialty is taking care of you, making sure that you are happy, you the customer, you the loan person getting the loan. He wants you to understand that it's all about you. He'll keep you apprised of exactly what's going on all the way through the loan process online. 541 reviews, 4.96 out of 5 stars. His 5-star review after 5-star review after 5-star review. His name's Joe Shoney, loan consultant. Give him a call today at 435-590-6300. We're interactive on the Andy Griffin Show. Call in, call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back. I'm Andy. Live. It's about 10 minutes to 10 o'clock. So if you want to talk with Adam Snow, our new county commissioner, or Gil Almquist, the old guy. I'm saying I, that's tongue-in-cheek, by the, by the way, Gil. I don't yes. think you're really that old. I think you're slightly older than me and Adam, but uh, not much. Probably not. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, again, uh, good to be here. We were talking earlier about... Uh, Mm, Mayberry, uh, about the, the, the idea that uh, we need to know our police department, we need to know our policemen, our firemen, our, 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 our community servants. Uh, yesterday, the 2020 census numbers were released. St. George City, 95,000 people. I didn't get the county numbers, but I'm guessing we can double that for the county. Yeah. Uh, so we're approaching 200,000 people in Washington County. Is that realistic, Gil and Adam, to to think that we could still have a Mayberry Field? We could still know our policemen by their first name, our, our county leaders, our, our city leaders by the first name? Or is it just it, we're too big at this point? Well, I think, go ahead, Adam. I'm, I, th- I think you can, yeah. Maybe not all of them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you may not have know every single police officer. We're a little bit bigger than Mayberry. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think the, the concept and the philosophy, absolutely. And if not, then we need to reevaluate what we're doing wrong so that that, that level of connection with the people that we serve, it, why is it lost, right? Uh, but, but we have a, 
in the two weeks I've been on this job, I've noticed a fairly open door policy. Uh, people email. It gets directly to me. It gets directly to Commissioner Almquist uh, and Commissioner Iverson. It, we respond. I have texted a bunch of people that somehow got my number, and that's great. To get, and I'm texting them back with answers, and, and let me look into it. Um, I, I think that that connection is, is vitally important. And, and so whatever processes you have to put in place to make sure that you, you remain connected to the voters, the, the residents, the people that you are supposed to serve, uh, I think it can happen in larger communities. It just takes a little more uh, creative thinking on how you're going to get that through. Okay. Gil? You know, we have some unique things here. Even though we have rivalries between schools, we mm-hmm. still uh, we get along. We're a, a region almost unto ourselves. We're, we're that close to being a powerhouse in sports in the state. Yeah. And um, I think families cross all these boundaries as well. So if you wanted to say what keeps us small town, even though we're growing, and why people come here, because they really do from the outside feel like, wow, this is a desert, but we have trees, and <laughs> we have a family feel. And I, my neighbors came over and said hello to me. I, I didn't have that where I came from. Um, all of that still will continue, even though we, we grow in, in a bigger way. Um, and the other thing is we do have a, a religious overlap of the Interfaith Council with a lot of cooperation between all faiths here coming together in various ways. I think that's awesome. Uh, we do things with recreation here that other places that, that bring families together. We have lakes, we have hikes, we have good weather. Um, and then we also have the arts. And if anything pulls people together more, I saw more people out at Tuacon the other night than <laughs> that I knew than, mm-hmm. uh, than in ever. But I believe we really do create a family feel here for a lot of reasons that is quite unique. Is it is it something we can keep now as we get bigger and bigger and bigger? By the way, thank you, Michael. Texted me said the county population is one sixty five plus one hundred sixty five thousand plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something we can keep? And and if so, what do we need to do? Well, there's things that I've already mentioned for keeping yeah, it the arts, but sure. but I ser- sincerely feel like. It's not government's sort of role to be hidden or, or hiding away. I think we just continue to have activities that include the community at, at large and that people access us. And, you know, we certainly have a beautiful opportunity here to express to newcomers just what makes the Dixie spirit. And as far as I'm concerned, no one's going to take that away. And if we all are kind and neighborly, we'll keep that that feel you know it's like anything else with with growth uh you know from land use to, to any any other issue that you have when you have a high growth situation is is you you have to plan for it right you, you put in processes and planning so that it grows in the right way but that you don't lose the the historic i mean we get to preserve the historic and, and beautiful nature of what makes this place so desirable to live in and that that's true of government as well and and the the community feel that we have is not just in where the roads and the sewers are going to go it's it's you know proper planning and, and processes that that preserve those those things that we all love. That's why we live here. We live other places. We all chose to live here. This is coming from a guy whose name is Snow. The same Snow that Snow Canyon was named after. Awesome. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling on with Commissioner Snow, Commissioner Onquist. What's up? Yes, uh, if the overwhelming majority in the surveys of residents in Washington County 
want to keep the name Dixie, how come the county commissioners aren't actively engaged in keeping the name Dixie? I mean, really active engaged so that they can support what the majority of the people, according to four different surveys, want to do. Good question, guys. Thoughts? Well, I can start out. I was actually on the Andy Griffin show when this all started to break out, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> the news. And I said I'm 100% behind keeping the Dixie name. And uh, despite the fact that maybe adjustments need to be made to those who don't understand it because the history was so distorted, of course, at the same time, our country was falling apart with all sorts of protests and people judging other places. And, you know, what happens in various other places around the country that are associated with Dixie isn't happening here and it wasn't the reason why we're here. Um, if you want to say, why aren't we actively engaged, we already have made many statements uh, in commission on, on uh, live in our meeting mm-hmm. and behind the scenes, myself, I, I can't speak for Adam or, or Victor what they do, but um, I'm very keen on keeping that name. And uh, Dixie Technical College, for example, we've voted a resolution there that we're going to keep that name at Dixie Tech unless the governor or somebody takes it away from us. But um, other than that, um, you know, I'm, I'm active with the Support Dixie group and defending their right to their opinion. I, I don't want them to get militant and starting to be angry at people and calling right. them names. That's not the, the Dixie spirit. But anyway, that I, I'm very vocal about keeping it. Adam? Yeah, same. Uh, I've talked to the administration. I've talked to, to – I, I teach there, as I said earlier. I, I still teach. My brother's a professor there. I, uh, my, my dad was in student government when he graduated from there many, many decades ago. Um, I, and, and lots of family members have graduated from Dixie. I also, I applaud the, the move of the school in some of the ways they want to grow and serve the students and the programs they want to bring in. I think that's a good move for, for the students, but I've, I've told the, the president, I've told Mr. Williams and, and many others that I want to keep the Dixie name. Uh, I was not on the commission when some of these resolutions were passed, but I would have voted for them uh, had I been. And behind the scenes, as Commissioner Almquist just said, I am working whatever channels I can to try and, with the legislature and others, to try and preserve Dixie uh, as I think it should be. Uh, and I'll just uh, back up kind of what Gil was saying. I, I, I've been a big supporter of the DSUHC, uh, and, and I really feel like that, that it's people not sitting by. It's people who are, are standing up and saying, hey, no, I'm not going to let this happen. I, however, again, I was turned off by a couple of different things, some of the mocking cartoons and some of the uh, even the, hey, we're going to stick it in their face and change the name of the road to Dixie State Avenue or whatever. That, to me, it was, it was crossing a line. We can do this, but we can do it in a classy way. So, guys, we're out of time. Uh, show went fast, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It did. Adam and Gil, uh, County Commissioner Ongpus and Snow, thank you so much for coming on thank today. You, Andy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.